Chris Ryle Wright in Tight Shorts, The Greatest Stories Never Written. Oh, hi. Uh, welcome back to this, the final episode in this series of Tight Shorts. This episode is sponsored by The Friendly Ghost of David Bellamy. Today's story, An Artisanal Chair in a Woman's World. Kara's ex-boyfriend was a handsome man. He was well known about town for his kindness, his striking looks, his height, and the fact that he worked at the bank, the only bank in town, and so everybody knew him to some degree. He drove a car, he earned money, the women liked him, he was a good listener, he was a good conversationalist, so long as the topics didn't veer into politics or religion, which he claimed were uncouth or unfit for public conversation. This wasn't, of course, really the case, it was simply that he gave neither of these things any thought, and felt left out should people discuss them. They also set him off track when he couldn't give the usual platitudes or responses. He preferred to keep the conversation light. Music, popular culture, sports. He owned a few Jack Johnson records. He knew all the latest fashions and trends. He enjoyed playing basketball. At one time, fancying himself as a professional player. At another time, fancying himself as a professional pinball wizard. At another time, fancying himself just for himself. Sadly, Kara's new boyfriend did not live up to these expectations. In fact, he fell quite short. He wasn't popular. He spent most of his time on his own. And he was quite short. Crack Gobbins owned an allotment and sold vegetables to local people for a modest price. He was a humble man and a happy man. He'd met Kara while she was volunteering at a local fete. Her and some other ladies were offering a prize for the largest vegetable. He knew at once he had to get near this mysterious, freckly-faced ginger. How beautiful she was. Her eyes as clear as water. Her lips like boats on the river. Her nose like branches hanging over the river. Her ears like a flood defence built by beavers. So he grabbed his courgette and he entered it into her stall. Seeing the delight on the ladies' faces, it was no surprise that he came first. And for one day, Crack Gobbins was the toast of the town. Their first date was simple. They went for a coffee and a bite to eat. The second date they went to the pictures, where they saw a double bill of Look Who's Talking To and The Vanishing remake. Kara was falling for him all right, and by the third date they walked up to the viewpoint which overlooked the sewage park and the teddy factory, and they embraced. Their kiss was long and warm. She'd never felt a tongue in her mouth, quite as singular and individual and fascinating, if not mysterious, than Crack Gobbins. His tongue tickled her teeth and caressed the roof of her mouth. Their appendages intertwined and danced, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. What are the odds that this Ginger Rogers thought crack, as he felt her sweaty palms in his. He sensed that her toes were curling in pleasure, as were both of his. He laid her gently 
on the grass verge, and they made love to the sounds of the teddy bears being made in the valley below, and the smells of the sewage as it trickled past their heads in the warm evening dusk. When he was finished, they laid back and looked at the stars, sharing their hopes and dreams for the future. Kara planned to run her own business, or, failing that, work for someone who did, or, failing that, marry someone who did. And then, in two to three years, having built her own empire, she planned to stop and have children, and not return to work. Well, there now, Kara. Stop your crazy chat. Don't you want to travel the world? See different cultures? Do different things? Think what we could get up to? You and me and my courgettes? We could make a million pounds if we tried hard enough. What's all this nonsense about having children and settling down? If that's what you want in your future, well, you can kiss this... 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 Crack couldn't find the words. He realised in that moment... If he walked away from this lady, he may never find another love quite the same. In that same instant, Kara wondered if perhaps Crack Gobbins was not the man for her. Tight Shorts Barely a year had passed, and Crack and Kara were wed. Kara had decided not to take the name Gobbins, and had requested that Crack's family were not present at the nuptials. This was fine with Crack, and it was one of just many simple compromises he'd had to make in order to keep hold of his betrothed. He loved her, and he felt fairly certain that the feeling was mutual. After all, she cooked for him and cared for him. Her mother had become friendlier in the last weeks, and he'd met one or two of her friends online. But something was niggling at him. A sense of sorrow or resentment. And he wasn't always sure if these were his feelings or hers. But how could he have negative thoughts about this wonderful woman? Their sex life was good. Oftentimes he'd wake up in the middle of the night and she'd have her hand down his trousers. She was always there waiting with a great big glass of water whenever he came home from his new job at the community centre where he served teas and coffees for the elderly. And when he'd go to bed, there would be fresh pillows and fresh sheets, a chocolate and another pint of water. But Crack knew that he'd given up so many of his dreams. He could have been a superstar in the massive vegetable world. But now his allotment was wilting, where once great courgettes and cabbages thrived, they now shrank and shriveled in the mud and the dirt. Kara's father had even opted to use the space to keep their speedboat in a sort of dry dock in the off-season. But the days rolled by and his new commitments to his wife took centre stage. The next part of their journey was to be homeowners, and they'd gone to the bank for a loan. However, embarrassingly, for Kara at least, Crack did not have a bank account. He'd never even owned a bank card. He'd never even said the word bank out loud, and she had to spell it for him as they arrived at the door. He decided to go back on his own, to sort this out once and for all, to get over the shame of not being part of the rat race. He applied for a card. 
The kindly man at the counter helped him, and Crack gave his name. Oh, are you the Crack Gobbins? Well, I'm not sure if there's any other ones round here. Except for my father, of course. They're my uncles. Well, uh, this is a bit awkward, Crack, but uh, I used to date your your wife. Oh, right. Yeah. You you must be that ans- handsome guy then, eh? The, uh, the, t- the tall chap. Oh, Crack felt so uncomfortable. This man was handsome indeed. Incredibly tall. He towered over Crack like a giraffe. Over a very, very small giraffe. Well, I hope you don't think this is out of order, Mr. Gobbins, but I feel I need to tell you that if things ever go badly with Kara, you can come and talk to me. I'm a very good listener and conversationalist. Just please keep the conversations away from politics or religion, as they're inappropriate for group discussion. Well, what makes you think there's a problem? Well, nothing really, it's just, you know... She's a bit different, isn't she? Well, how so? Well, I assume you you know. The man in the bank looked eagerly for some sort of recognition from Crack, but Crack looked at him stony-eyed. Tell me, what, what was it? Why did you two break up anyhow? The man fiddled with his collar for a moment, then got up from his seat. He walked to the door and closed it. Well... I guess you know about her fetish. Radish? No, fetish. She likes water sports. Well, I know that her and her family have got this lovely boat. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. Have you ever noticed that she gives you a lot to drink? Oh, yes, she's very generous. Always always pouring me water, she is. Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. She likes water sports. Crack got to his feet. Listen, kind sir, I don't know what you're implying, but... The Piss Dungeon! What? The Piss Dungeon. Out behind the public toilets. Did you not see it? The man clocked off from work and met Crack down the alley. Together they walked to the public toilets, and there, lo and behold, behind the stalls, behind a hollowed-out section of the wall, was a collection of buckets collecting bodily waste from the toilets. Well, I don't see what this has got to do with Kara. At that moment, Crack saw the writing on the wall. In what appeared to be brown crayon, it said, Kara's piss dungeon. Keep out. That night, under cover of darkness, Crack returned to his allotment, sad but determined to reclaim his old life. In the morning, he would confront Kara, but for now he was not entirely alone, for in his arms he carried a bucket of wee, which he sprinkled liberally upon the soil. He climbed aboard the boat and looked from the window, setting a course for nature. Next time on Tight Shorts. Well, there isn't one next week because this is the last episode. This is the last episode of this series. So there's, there's not one next week. No, this is the last one. There isn't one You next have week. been listening to episode. Chris Ryle Wright in Tight Shorts. Follow, share and subscribe for more.
Music by Rob Joy with the voice of Jodie Elms. <laughs>